Welcome back to Access Potential Podcast. You're here with John Marsh. I hope you had a great weekend. I was down in Melbourne. So Melbourne, if you don't know Australia, it's in Victoria, which is the state south of where I live. And it's also the city where we lived before coming up here. So we had a gym down there for about five years. And I went down for a meeting that I had an appointment at the U.S. consulate, which I'll talk about on a different episode, but also to catch up with some business owners who are in Creator Club, see how they're going and check in on their business in person, which is something that I love to do. Anyway, one of the business owners I was going to catch up with, we were going to do a training session together. So his name's Ben. And Ben runs, Ben Greenwood, he runs off-road performance coaching. So basically, he teaches motocross and off-road motorbike riders how to get stronger, more flexible, how to ride better from amateur level all the way up to professional globally through online programming. And we train in a pretty similar way. We do kind of similar strength work and mobility work. So you know, we were going to catch up for a training session on the Saturday. But then on the Friday, as I was going down to Melbourne, I messaged him and said, look, what if I came in as a client and you taught me on bike off-road skills? I didn't have any gear. I had nothing with me. Totally unprepared. I've ridden bikes in the past a fair bit, but all on the road, on the street, not off-road. Totally different thing. And Anyway, he said, yep, we can organize it. So the next day I turn up at 8.30 and he's got the van, he's got the bike in the back, he's got a bunch of extra gear for me. I start to put on all the gear. I kind of jam my feet into the boots, a bit too small, but we got them on. And we get the bike out. We're on this trail about 20 minutes away from where Ben lives, kind of in rural Victoria. And we've got the bike up on one of these stands and he's explaining to me things like body position, how to sit on the bike, uh, your points of contact on the bike. And what I'm talking about today does link back to business. This is the, this is where it's going to go. And you don't need to know anything about bikes to sort of pick up on this. So he's explaining all these different points of contact, how you sit on the bike, how you stand on the bike, the attack position, these different positions. And we were zooming in on each point of contact. So if you think about a motorbike, you've got your hands on the grips and the clutch and the throttle, accelerator and the brake. You've got your feet on the foot pegs. And then you've got your, if you're sitting down, obviously on the seat, but then you kind of got your knees and inner thighs are sort of close to the bike as well. And... Ben took me through each of these points of contact and we looked at how the hand was on the grip, the angle of the hand, the amount of pressure at the hand, the angle of the wrist, where the elbows sat relative to the wrist in the hand, which two fingers are on the clutch, which fingers are on the the handle, not on the clutch, all of these different nuance and Then we did the same thing for your head position. Then we did the same thing for the sitting, where you're sitting on the seat. The same thing for the legs, right? Where the knees are relative to the bike, depending on how you're turning, what you're doing. 
Then we went down to the foot pegs where your feet are, where the where the feet are sitting on the pegs, the amount of pressure that you're applying through the feet into the pegs. And this goes on and on. And what we ended up with, once we get the bike off, Ben did some demo laps, and when he gets on this thing, it's like watching, you know, whether you're familiar with surfing or whatever your sport is that you know, when you see someone who's been doing it for 35 years and they go and just let let loose on it, just rip on it, it's pretty impressive. So anyway, he, he kind of demos a bit and I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm obviously not going to be doing that, but anyway, let's see what happens. And so then I get on and I'm sort of basically going back and forth around this little loop, practicing these positions. And after three or four loops doing some different drills, he asked me how I was going. And I said, look, it's great. What I, what I felt was the level of not just concentration because it was a new thing being on off-road, but also the level of tension to stay so connected to the bike. Now, why is that connection really important to the bike? What do we mean by that? Well, if you think about it, so Ben's Yamaha, he was, this is like one of the most powerful bikes that you can have for this sort of thing. If you imagine yourself sitting on top of a bike, a motorbike, and this thing's got a, this, this, all this power in it. And if you just twist the throttle, it's going to accelerate. Now, if you're not connected to the bike and you imagine your center of mass sitting above the bike and the bike accelerates and you're just loosely sitting there or kind of relaxed, you're just going to flip straight off the back, right? So same thing with the cornering. The bike, if the bike's moving one way and you're not connected to the bike as a unit, then there's every chance for you to go the other way, right? Or get knocked off or whatever. And so... To stay engaged across all of these points of contact, because I was trying to remember, right? The wrist, the hands, the knees, the feet, pressure through the foot pegs, all of this stuff brings a level of tension to the whole body. So you, you start to feel it. You're like, wow, there's a lot going on. Not sore or anything like that, but just aware of this tension. But the end result is when I got to the place where I could get onto the straight a little bit and, and accelerate and sort of feel the power of the bike. When I was connected to the bike with all of these points of contact and all of this pressure or act, active, uh, sort of more active position, I felt really comfortable. It's just stuck with the bike. Everything is fine. There was one moment on a, one of the corners where I kind of relaxed a little bit and then hit the throttle a little bit and, and, Nothing happened, but there was this feeling of, oh, okay, that's what it feels like to not be as active. And it was a little bit, you know, uh, it was a bit, a little bit different, not as good, not as solid. So why is this important? Why are we going on about all of these things coming together? Well, basically, this is the same thing in any of these sports, anything at a high level. Like if you're going to learn to do a handstand, for example, you'll hear a lot of people talk about, you know, switching on your abs or your core and they practice these, you know, body line drills and stuff like that. But realistically, when you're upside down and you're, you're, you're balancing, 
it's everything at once. It's in, it's in particular the fingers, the hands, the shoulders, right? And then that's working in a strength and balance coordination to bring balance to the whole body, which includes the legs, the hips, the core, everything else. So not one thing is in isolation. Just like on the bike, we had to start at the very top, right? Right with how you're sitting on the bike. We couldn't talk about cornering. We couldn't talk about any of these things until I was able to at least understand and feel the level of connection that needed to happen on the bike. And when I watched Ben ride, you know, dudes basically, you know, top level, this is what it looks like. And you, you'll know the same when you watch, you know, surfing or, or skiing or anything like this. There's a level of connection. There's no, there's no gap between the person riding the thing and the thing. They're just tuned into it. It's like an extension of the body. Same as skateboarding. And this is the same in the handstands. This is the same in, you know, we've talked about surfing. This is the same in all of these different things. The, the tactics, the small incremental tactics that we can focus on, like whether the toes are pointed or, you know, uh, whatever it is, are so far behind the overall strategy of feeling the bike, feeling the position, being connected with the bike, connecting with the position, connecting with the surfboard, all of these different things, seeing the wave, seeing how the board's fitting into the wave, all of these big picture things that they're almost not worthless, but they're so far behind that they're not worth as much. Now, of course, once we get that connection, so by the end, Ben was able to be like, all right, look, you know, try this in the next corner, try this or try this in your braking. And he could give me some tactics to play with. But it was under the premise that I remembered all of his stuff about connection and being being tied to the bike and staying active. All right, so what's the what's the what's the squeeze here? Why are we on about this? When people get into business, small business, coaching, creative businesses, these kinds of things, it is incredibly easy to see some big Instagram account talking about how you should do hashtags, right? We're talking about the correct text to use in an Instagram reel or how to find trending music for an Instagram reel or what headlines to use in an email. You know, you could go do a search on Google and you'll probably get a couple million responses on best email subject lines, things like that. Or, you know, how to hook the reader in on an email and the copywriting or what the website, you know, what sort of scroll it should have or, you know, the right kind of pop-up, these kinds of things. And when you're new, it is very, very easy. And I say this from my own experience of of getting lost into this stuff for so long at the beginning it's very very easy to get disconnected to look at the individual parts or you know often when i'm talking about the health stuff 
it's called a mechanistic view of the body. It's like super easy to look at business mechanistically, you know, and we can even go further. It's like looking at your marketing as separate from your sales, as separate from your delivery, when in fact they're all connected. You know what I mean? So if your marketing is on point and you're speaking with the people that you seek to serve and there's resonance, then the sales conversation becomes very easy. And in the world of sales, you would talk about the close rate, the number of people who you know, say yes to your service or choose to work with you. The close rate in inverted commas gets very high because they're coming in with a lot of trust, a lot of attention for you and your service. So some of the coaches that I work with who have been marketing for a long time, you know, 10 plus years, millions of views on YouTube, this kind of stuff, the, the, the close rate, so to speak, or the success rate through any sales conversation is very high because there's so much trust in industry authority and positioning that they already know that it's going to be a fit. So in this case, in this sense, the marketing and the sales speak to each other. If you have a great understanding of marketing, your sales become more like an invitation, right? Almost a formality. However, they still require attention. Now, vice versa. If your sales is great and people have a great experience with you and in the sales process, that's going to help the delivery. That's going to help the relationship that you have in your coaching program. So if you go into the sales conversation just with tactics and a mediocre understanding of marketing, and for some way you manage to, you know, the, the person chooses to work with you and they manage to say yes and get through that sales process through the tactics, you know, and you're reading scripts and doing these sorts of things, then you have a totally different situation in the delivery side. Because there's not as much trust, there's not as much resonance. Yes, the, the sale was successful, but it's not the same as if you have a very dialed, well-understood marketing arm and then a structured, formal, uh, yet well-understood sales process and then a delivery process that you're adjusting and working on and improving over time. Right now, it goes even further. If you think about your delivery, say your coach, whatever it is, and they've joined your program or you're doing branding or consulting and they bought your service, the sale is not finished once the person has chosen to join. Every single time there's a conversation, it's basically a re enrollment especially if you haven't heard from them in a, little, in a little while or the project's coming to completion. You know, I've referred lots of people to, uh, you know, Johan, for example, who's someone that we've used for branding. I love to, and he's not taking clients anymore, but I love to refer people to him if I can because the delivery experience is so good for me that it works for his marketing. Okay, now this is very obvious when you start to look at this and most people are aware of this. But the overall takeaway is that nothing is 
in isolation. Everything is connected. Every single person in your organization is in sales. Every single, you know, person in your organization effectively is in marketing. It's all linked to delivery. And this applies to online, to offline, everything else. And so when we go back to the example on the bike or whether it's martial arts or training or whatever, it's the same thing. If you get into a situation and you've got a coach who can help you to see how it's connected and help you to think in the way that's more, for lack of a better term, holistic, we get results way quicker. So a good coach to me, um, you know, and you can look at those physical domains as a great example, is someone who can help you to see the big picture as you progress along with the incremental changes you might be doing as well. So as I learn to, you know, hold the bike a little bit better or accelerate smoother or brake smoother, Ben was also helping me to see, all right, can you, can you feel how that's allowed you to be more connected to the bike, how that would translate to faster riding or faster lap times? Even if you go a year or two ahead of where you are now and look at you know, that same process through like a high level amateur rider, they're gonna, the same thing's going to be playing out. So then you walk away as a, as a client from you know, the session that he took me through as someone who doesn't just see the incremental things that you did, how you grip the thing, how you turn, but also with an appreciation for what's going on in the big picture. And in business, if you can see that one thing and go, all right, well, at least I know that everything is connected, how I communicate, how I show up on camera, how I write, how I do everything, right, is connected. And this is why we always used to say, if you go back to the old podcast, I used to talk about humanizing your, uh, grow as a human to grow as a business or humanizing your business. We talk about humanizing your business a lot in Creator Club. It's because when we see the connectivity of it all, then we start to see that it's really coming back to our ability to be present, our ability to uh, clearly articulate what we're feeling, what we're seeing, our ability to listen to the, per- the person that we want to serve, our ability to have strength and nervous system resilience in the face of, you know, government closing down businesses or whatever's going on, the ability to persist and to look beyond the little loop of activity that we're doing right now at the bigger picture and see what the next step is. All of this comes back to the, the very much the human level. So if you can see the connectivity of it, then what will happen is you'll avoid the trap of the small metrics. You'll avoid the trap of the pure tactician and you'll start to, yes, it will take a little bit longer. Actually, it'll be quicker, but it will feel like it's taking a little bit longer because it will feel a little bit slower. Just like Ben didn't let me go ripping off down the hill straight away or anything. It's going to feel slower, but actually it's going to be a lot faster. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. Next week or next episode, might do it a little bit sooner. We're going to be talking about frame 
and how important frame is as a service provider and what you can do to maintain frame and understand the times when it's okay to lose frame. And over and above all of that, we'll explain what frame is in case it's a new concept as well. But it's something that's very, very powerful and very critical for long-term success in the business. All right, everything is connected. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.